Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. So today we're going to ask you to send your kids out of the room. The show is not appropriate for children. Dr. Laura Berman is back. She's been a sex therapist for the last 18 years, and she has vital information. Now, Dr. Berman says that denying yourself the opportunity to enjoy sex to the fullest doesn't just cheat you out of pleasure. It cheats you out of a full and happy life. So I want to talk about that. We have our uh, great friends in San Diego and New York who are joining us again. First of all, I just want to know why you say that, because it used to be, I think, women would have discussions on this show and send us letters about having to, you know, sort of put out for their husbands and felt it as an obligation. What I noticed happening more recently through the magazine and emails we're getting, that women themselves are more interested in being pleasured. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And see that as a part of a happy and full life. And I think that's so fantastic. To me, it's really a sign of the times that women are finally coming to a place where they feel entitled to that pleasure. And they want that pleasure. And they're not ashamed. They're letting go of some of the guilt and the shame that they may have grown up with around sex and saying, you know what? This is really an important part of my life. And it's something that I don't want to live without. You know, I've known the San Diego moms, didn't we? talk and stuff. But have you noticed a change for yourselves in your appreciation of what sex means in your relationships? Absolutely. I think that, you know, now that we're all, you know, in our 40s, it's like, okay, and the kids are a little bit older. We really want to put some energy there and and get that, you know, element strong again. And and it is more important. And we do feel entitled to have it a positive experience. So... So, so Cindy, uh, have, you, have you noticed a change in how you feel about what sex means and the place it holds for you? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. you're more comfortable with yourself yeah. and what you want out of your life and to share with others. Especially absolutely. in the 40s. That's what the 40s yeah. are, actually. Yeah. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Yeah. But in New York, we have uh, Kareth Laurie, Carrie Louise, and uh, Veronica. Are you talking about it differently than you were five years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely feel, though, that there's so much focus on women having pleasure now that that's another thing I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this, the, the, the search for pleasure is actually uh, not pleasurable because it's, like, another thing on the to-do list that I'm not doing right. I want to know how we can make it like how women, t it takes us so long. Men, it's like three minutes. How can we do it fast too and enjoy it? And then we, you know, we're in New York. We got to get going. Yeah. We got to do things. <laughs> <laughs> you mean literally get to the orgasm faster? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's well, right really, now. It's yeah. like 13 minutes, yeah. okay? <laughs> 15 to 20 minutes. I mean, give yourself bit. one or two. Yeah, yeah. no, but a you New know, York minute. A New York minute. A New York minute. A New York minute. And that's what, you know, the time <laughs> thing is really important for women. How do you make time? And the big mistake that I see couples making is they expect sex to happen spontaneously in the same way it did when they were a new relationship, when they got say, two kids to. and yeah. mortgages and everything else on their plates to do. If you wait for sex to happen spontaneously, it ain't going to happen. You have to schedule that time. You have to make that time sacred. And you have to even make an appointment with each other to go on dates, to spend time together, and to have sex. But do you mean schedule like Tuesday, 7 p.m.? Yes. If you have to, you really? schedule. And you'd be surprised. At first, but couples see, I resist. would think that would take the fun out of I it. I know. You yeah. would think. And it's, it's a total mind shift required. But what happens is that you find that you shave your legs that day. He sends you some nice emails. You have some like back and forth. And it's kind of like this anticipation of this time you know you're going to have together. So it's totally different from when you were in that initial infatuation stage where you couldn't get enough of each other. You're now in a totally different stage of your relationship. And if you don't make time for it and make a shift in your mind and start to enjoy that, then it's just not going to happen. Okay, what if you want what he doesn't want? We have a couple here. You want something that's going to pleasure you mm -hmm. very much so. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want to participate in the pleasuring of you. Yes. Dr. Berman says if you are not enjoying the trust, the love, and pleasure achieved during oral sex, then you are missing out. When it comes to receiving, 33% of women say it's their favorite thing to do in bed. 56% say they enjoy it, but like other things just as much. And 11% say they would rather skip it altogether. 
And when it comes to performing, of the 89% of women who engage in giving oral sex, 43% say they enjoy it, 44% say they do it just for him, the rest don't like it. Dr. Berman says, give it a try. It can deliver an intimate, intense sexual bond that has the power to enhance your entire relationship. Dr. Laura Berman is back, and she's the author of Real Sex for Real Women. And Sean and Carrie have been married for 13 years, and they have two children. And they started seeing Dr. Berman for sex therapy because neither one of them was satisfied in the bedroom. What makes it mediocre? It's pretty much the same each time. Probably not a lot of imagination or foreplay. I think that he approaches it more in a physical act to be done, kind of like the laundry. Well, have, uh, are you aware of this? Yes. Okay. There is little initiation on her part. There's no enticement. There's no seduction. Nothing. If you want it, you're going to have to initiate it. You're going to have to do it yourself, just like the laundry. And when you are sexual, then what happens? There's some kissing. There's usually oral sex for you. On him? Mm -hmm. You on him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's intercourse. And is there ever oral <laughs> sex the other way? I knew we were going to get I, You knew that this was going to come up. No. No, there's not. Very, very rarely. In the very beginning, there was occasionally, and now no, there, virtually it, never. OK, I, I really try not to use cop-out excuses. But? I think that I made a mistake <laughs> watching the birth of our daughter. OK. It completely distorted my perception, <laughs> and I've never been able to get by that, ever. Have you looked at it since then, recently? I mean, have you checked him out? No. No. Uh-uh, no, he doesn't go there. One of the things that I'd like to give you is homework tonight. Just look. Just kind of take a few minutes to make a little visual assessment of what's in Carrie's genitals. He was very half-hearted about part of his homework. The looking at you mm -hmm. part? Um, it was kind of a quick look-see. I said I'm going to tell. <laughs> so it was a half-hearted <laughs> glance? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of make sure he head. looks every night. <laughs> did you do your homework? We did. And what was it like, the, the genital view? I was fine with it. She was uncomfortable with it. How did that get communicated? Slightly verbally, but I could see almost a sense of embarrassment. Okay. And I was honest. Were you honest? Yep. Yeah. And I told her that we did and that you were uncomfortable with it. Oh, that's funny. I told her that you did it half-heartedly. Maybe my half-heartedness was due to your uncomfortableness. Maybe my uncomfortableness was due to your half-heartedness. <laughs> Hello. No, really, thanks for your candor. Wow. So it's both. What's going on here? You know, it's so common, and, and it's hard for women to hear because we want our husbands or our partners in the room with us when we give birth. I cannot tell you how often I hear that story from men. 
that when they were in the room and they were down at the bottom watching what happened to the woman's genitals and watch that baby come out, they never see the genitals quite the same. <laughs> And it's scary for them. And what had happened in their case is what happens in so many cases. I bet if women saw it themselves, they They'd wouldn't see it. Yeah, they wouldn't see it. Yeah, themselves. I mean, it's it's a, it's like a, it does not look like your genitals. I mean, when it doesn't look like your genitals when the baby's coming out of there. I mean, it, it's not pretty. I mean, it's pretty. It's beautiful and fabulous, but it's not pretty. It's not sexual. Put yeah, it that way. Okay. And what had happened is that he just said, forget it, and hadn't gone back there. And here it had been years and years later, and things had gone back to kids? normal. How are you? How old are your kids now? 15 and 12. Yeah. So it had been a long Years and years. Yeah. <laughs> and years and years and years and years and yeah. years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, we're all kind of, you know, laughing uncomfortably about it. But the fact is, a lot of men feel yes. this way. Yes. And it's a, it's a big issue. And part of it is, and this is such a great example, because part of it is the guy and his discomfort with it. But part of it is the woman. And Karen, so? because she's uncomfortable, she's got poor genital self-image herself. This but, is a big issue. But no, but issue. wait, wait, okay. I, I, I'm just, just questioning, are you blaming the woman, the baby? I mean, she carried no, the No, no, I don't mean about the baby. Okay. I mean that she's uncomfortable receiving that pleasure orally, uh -huh. and she's uncomfortable with her genitals. She's self-conscious about how they look or how they smell or how they appear. She's, you well, know. Well, I would assume with all of this talk, from this show and the past show. I mean, I started to say this when the producers first came to me and they said, the first thing you need to do in preparing for sex, I said, is wash yourself. <laughs> you need to know. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I'm just that assuming that everybody has taken yeah. a shower. You know what? Showers yeah. help. Yeah. But okay. uh, let's say this. Your vagina and your eyes are the only two self-cleaning organs in your body. So if you just wash yourself regularly, and you don't have any infections down there, you should be fine. And it's fine to take a shower beforehand. That really helps with the confidence. And if there are some concerns, you should see your doctor about it. But what we have found in the research is that women who have positive genital self-image, who feel good about their genitals and comfortable with their genitals, are six times more likely to have sexual satisfaction than women who are not. Six times more. Six times more That would more mean likely. those women who, on the last show, went home and looked at their vulvas All and felt really great about it. All those women who love their vulvas and feel good about their vulvas are going to have better sex lives as a result. OK. And so would you say that your uh, inability to relate to your vulva is directly connected to your ability to experience sexual satisfaction? Absolutely. I mean, if you don't love your vulva, who will? <laughs> I mean, you have to really know how things work. You have to feel good about it. And you have to translate to that partner. I mean, I was just, I briefly. Sean, do you love your vulva? Carrie. Toby, Carrie, I'm sorry. <laughs> Carrie, you love your vulva. Um, I do feel that I've become more comfortable since. More comfortable. More comfortable. Yeah. Since we, but she was just in the right direction. Yeah. She was just telling me the other day that even now she still has the story in our in her head that he doesn't like it, and so I'm uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And he probably still has a story that she's uncomfortable with it, so I don't like it. And so then that circle of an argument continues forever. Right. Yeah. So you have to talk about it, and you have to communicate about it. And if the woman, and just oral sex in general, women are givers. And they don't like, they are very uncomfortable lying back and receiving pleasure. Yeah. And you have to be willing to receive pleasure if you're going to be comfortable receiving 
oral sex. Okay. Have things changed? Yeah, things have improved. We still have kids, we still have jobs, you know, it's not off the charts, but things are better, we're happier. And they've gotten better with the communication too, because we spend a lot of time, they're, they're big intellectualizers. When they start to have problems, they'll start going in their heads and getting very philosophical about everything. Yeah, as they were in the car. Right. And, and they don't really talk to each other in a, with, about their feelings, about what they're experiencing, and they've gotten so much better at that, which I think has really helped the overall relationship, which leads to better So what happens life. when you go to sex therapy? We talked about this a little bit the last time. You get assignments like, you know... You get homework assignments, but it's not only about sex. It's about your whole relationship. It's about your communication, about your emotional intimacy, about your connection, about fighting to love and not just to win, and learning skills for resolving conflict. And it's specific information about what's happening in your sex life and how you can resolve it from a mind-body perspective. So the couple's sent home with homework assignments that they do yeah. on their own, away from therapy, and then they come back and report. Okay. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's brand new day all-purpose cleaner cleans and kills 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria on hard, non-porous surfaces around your home with a fragrance that feels like a tropical getaway for your senses. <sighs> Don't just clean. Lysol clean. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Well, our next couple is Marcus, a former pro basketball player, and his wife, Tamika. Uh, they have been married for four years. They met Dr. Berman for intensive sex therapy after the passion had started to fizzle a little bit. Tell me about the challenges that you've been facing as a couple and what brought you here. Tamika said to me once, which I never got, she said that my sex drive is frustrating to her. My sex drive is no higher than it was when we first met and it was perfectly fine for you then. And hers changed and mine didn't. So how much would you like to do it in an ideal world? Probably four or five times a week. And how often are you doing it now? Probably once a week. And does that feel like too much even once a week? Depends on the week. If she could, she'd just rather just have it once a month. When we have sex, I'm afraid because he's all over me after that. Like, I can't get a, a breath in. Like, the next day, he wants it. And so I'm just like, God, well, if I give it to him today, he's going to want it tomorrow. He's going to want it Wednesday. He's going to want it Thursday. So, I, like, I back off to give it to him in rations <laughs> so that he's not attacking me. Sex, to me, is a deal-breaker in a marriage. You know, you get married, and then they take the sex away. <laughs> You're just like... Hold on, I know I wrote that in the proposal of my contract. <laughs> we were gonna have sex, you know? And I guess she looks at it as, well, my deal breaker was you were gonna take care of me. We make great money and we do well taking care of our kids. At some point, it's like, when is enough enough? I think we view money differently. I grew up struggling, not having a lot, being hungry, and mm -hmm. situations like that. And so I created this fantasy in my head. And what was it? I just wanted something so much better than what I had. 
I wanted a, a big house. So when real life set in and you find this man and he turns out not to be this perfect image that you created in your head, it's like, wait a minute, this is not what I wanted. When it didn't happen like that, I started um, to feel resentful. I think like when you're like that, you can never have happiness. The problem is nobody's gonna live up to the fairy tale. Even if we had all the money that you want us to have, I don't know how much it is, a million dollars, two million dollars, it'll be something else. I really don't agree. If you're not realistic, then we're not gonna enjoy this marriage like we should. Right, right. So everybody needs to be realistic. Were you, cre had you created some fantasy for yourself, Tamika? You I, I did, I did. He, you know, he was my knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. I wanted this perfect man, and that's who I searched for. And when I married Marcus and he didn't show that person to me, I began to resent him. First of all, there is no such thing as perfection. Absolutely. You know that. Absolutely. Okay. So what was your idea of perfection that he wasn't showing you? At the time, I felt like, you know, he could make more money. He could buy me a bigger house. I just wanted him to take care of everything. I didn't want any stressors mm -hmm. at all. And I felt like he, I felt like I was the man sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had this fantasy. It was a lot about money. And they, and they are and were very comfortable by most standards. But it didn't feel like enough. And she makes a lot of money, too, in her job. But she was so scared about that piece of it and was putting that responsibility completely on Marcus. And when he didn't live up to those gajillionaire expectations in her mind, she started seeing him as a failure. When he didn't match up to that fantasy fairy tale image, she started to get angry and resent him. And then she withdrew from the relationship. And she didn't, and you know, if you're resentful toward someone, you're not going to want to have sex with them. And so she, were you deliberately withholding sex? Yes. I would use it as a punishment. Absolutely. I felt like he wasn't worthy of me having sex with him if he could not do the things I needed him to do. And then so you would sort of dole it out in terms of? Yep. I would give it to and him she rations. Didn't, she <laughs> would ration, ration it, it out. Ration. And she, ration. you know, the bottom line is that she didn't trust him. She didn't feel connected to him. She didn't allow herself to feel taken care of And that's of what rationing him. is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's protecting yourself. Because yeah. sex, when you have sex with someone, you're giving them a gift. You're sharing something very sacred and powerful with them. And if you're not feeling good about them and good about the relationship, it's really hard to do. Like the guys who came here today with their wives to the Oprah show, because they come, they don't know what the show is. They're feeling really good, because then they're going to they're get a lot of sex Because <laughs> <laughs> they came all the way to the Oprah show, and yeah. then the subject was about sex. Yeah. So they know, woohoo, bingo, jackpot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I think Marcus learned, too, is that helping around the house, taking things off her plate, helping the kids with homework are all forms of foreplay. Foreplay. Absolutely. Right. And so, Eli, yeah. And so... I think that's a huge lesson men yes. need to get, that yes. foreplay for women is very, very different, that foreplay really starts a couple days before. Right, it starts yeah. early. Yeah, Being nice early. to her, taking things off her plate, helping her, being romantic with her. And women need to understand that the way men get to that place of feeling intimate and connected with you is through sex. That's their vehicle to feel intimate and emotionally connected. So if you want that romance and that emotional connection, you got to have more sex. And if you want more sex, guys, you got to give her more emotional connection, romance, and help. Got it. You got that? 
Yes. They got that, yeah. Loud and clear. After days of intense sex therapy, Dr. Berman asks Tamika to take a risk with Marcus to confront her trust issues, because this all boiled down to trust. Absolutely. Trust. Here we go. Every relationship that she had, she always left the guy. I don't know, it kind of said something to me, but I ignored it. As we've been going through this, that's been coming up inside of me. Like, you know, she's preparing her bag so she can get out. What about you, Tamika? What are you most afraid of? That he'll leave me and he'll, he'll give up on me. You're both scared of being given up on and having your heart broken. This afternoon, you're going to try a trapeze event. It's about cooperation and trust. You're going to be doing an activity that also allows for Marcus to be in that nightly role of holding and protecting. So here we go. I'm going to climb up the ladder. Right there. There you go. I can't do it. Right here, right? <laughs> No, I can't. I, got you. I can't do it. Dave, I got you. No. What if I fall? You're not going to fall. Can you grab his hand? Still breathing. All right. We're going to step off the ladder. No. Come on. Do you trust me? There you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> You know, when you were like, look at me, and you were like, I, I got you. I'm not going to let you go. That's when I think I, at that point, I reached my arm out, right. and I let go. Yeah. I said, OK, I got it. And then Dr. Berman in the air, I said, I got to let him. Like, give me my chance. I got to give you your chance. Yeah. And it felt good. And after that, like, I was confident. Like, he's going to carry me through every other exercise now. Really? <laughs> we can do it together? We can do it together. I just wanted you to trust me. Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Was that changing, life-changing for you? It was. I think at that moment, I understood the objective of love. I understood that it wasn't what I wanted. It was doing what was best for my husband and thinking about his well-being as well as me. And I let go. You let go. Yeah. And what was really powerful about Marcus and Tamika is as soon as she let go and started trusting him, Everything changed in the bedroom as well. And she was able to reach orgasms during sex in a way that she hadn't before. You're nodding your head because? Because uh, it's so true. You know, we, we did some breathing exercises and we, we began to explore, as Dr. Berman was talking about before, and the quality of sex improved. So it, it actually got to the point where I didn't want sex as much as I thought I wanted it because we put more quality into the sex that we were having. Really? Yes. Really nice. So what if you don't have a trapeze? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, you know, this, what, what these folks went through is an intensive week. So I oh, use okay. sort of intensive, they have a week to make a huge difference in their relationship. So we'll use kind of non-traditional and intensive ways to kind of get to that place. Uh -huh. But in regular therapy, you work on it with your therapist. As a couple, you find ways that really make it have meaning in your own life to start reaching out. It's even, even you know, giving But I'm saying, OK, I'm always, uh, yeah, I'm always the surrogate viewer. Right. Let's just say I'm watching. And I had a light bulb moment watching this couple. Okay. And I'd say, 
you know, That's would love great. to be able to come to see right. you, but I, I right. don't have a week off right. to give to you, and I don't have a trapeze. So what can, <laughs> what can I, what can that Yeah, I mean, your do? brain is your main sexual organ, and I think the most important thing is to really think about the stories you're telling yourself about your partner, and that's a lot of what was going on with Marcus and Tamika. So what are the stories that I'm telling myself about my partner, whether they're gonna be able to step up, whether they're gonna take care of me, whether they're worthy of me, all of these things that we carry around in our minds. Start to really recognize those things yourself and then out them to your partner. That's a trust exercise to yourself. To tell them the truth. To tell them the truth, to say, you know what, I have a story. It does, it's not the truth necessarily, but I have a story but I can't really trust you with our finances. Okay, now it's a completely different issue, not the same issue as these guys. If the person, either female or male, your partner has let you down yes. and has let you know. Yes, then obviously you have to work really hard to rebuild the yeah, trust. That's a different issue. Absolutely. Okay, I hear you've also been keeping a sex journal. I what do. is that all about? <laughs> You know, when I heard him say that we had sex once a week, I kind of got upset <laughs> because I felt like it wasn't the frequency that he wanted. So I, I didn't think he was being totally honest. So I decided I was going to keep track of it. I was going to write it down every time it happened. And doing that, it kind of made us realize as we went back through the journal, we discovered our love language for each other. And, you know, when he did things like he bought me flowers or he helped me with the girls, he helped me with soccer, um, you know, things like that. He got sex a whole lot in one week. And, and in turn, you know, I understood and realized what his love language was. And he just wants to be held. He wants to be touched. He wants to be, he needs physical affirmation. So that's what my journal revealed for us. Wow, wonderful. Wasn't this fascinating? New York, San Diego, wasn't this interesting? Very good. What's, what's most interesting to me is that, you know, especially for everybody whose husband isn't watching and you can show him this show later or whatever, is that I think even as many times as we've talked about it on this show, men still don't understand, and I think you probably come to understand in a different way, that foreplay is very different for women. Yeah. yeah. And Oprah, I just have to say, one of the things, I, the way I look at it is, men, we're good at when you give us a goal. You tell yeah. us what the goal is, and then yeah. we can accomplish that goal. So what, what I've decided is I have to take on emptying the trash, washing dishes, cooking once or twice a week, because then I take something off of her plate. Right. And possibly I can be rewarded by putting sex on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taking out the trash, beautiful foreplay. Yeah. That's that's gorgeous. And, and Tanika, you know, as a woman, you have to make space for that as well. You have to give him some room to help yeah. and, and to let him help and to give him some space and some love so that he's able to give you that romance and that connection and that help you You're need. relating to the Sean too, the foreplay thing, yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Good answer. What do you do if you have been totally disconnected and haven't had sex for years? Where do you start? Well, I think the main thing is that couples get into this stalemate, you're not giving it to me, I want it. Take sex out of the equation, consciously decide to take sex out of the equation for a little while and get back to the basics. And what I recommend, and what a lot of sex therapists will do with couples, is recommend something called sensate focus, is the clinical term. But basically what it means is that you start by just touching each other. You both get undressed, and you spend 10 minutes touching your partner front and back in a very sensual, not a massage, not a tickle, very sensual way. The person receiving the pleasure 
Just focus on what the sensations are, what feels good, what doesn't feel as good. The person giving the pleasure, try to communicate love and connection through touch. Avoid the genitals, avoid the breasts. Don't get sexual about it. Sex is off the equation for a while. And so you take turns doing that to each other for a while, and you slowly work your way up into more explicit sexual uh, behavior. So by doing that, you say, look, we're not going to go all the way there. I just want to touch you. Yeah. And you get used, and you get to, you sort of start with the basics again and slowly build your sexual connection again. Chrissy, I thought you had a good question. Chrissy in, in San Diego. Yeah, Oprah, my question for Dr. Berman is, when do we, are we, is it our job to teach our children about the female, you know, genitalia and, and the way that uh, pleasure is achieved in this, you know, she, she had that great diagram in the last show. I mean, it's definitely not taught in sex education. At least it wasn't when I had sex education. So how do we teach our daughters this? Or do we? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because... And at what age? You know, I think around... You're telling them the, the actual names for their body parts early on. And around fifth grade... You're going to start talking to them about what to expect with puberty, how their bodies are going to be changing. And you show them those diagrams. And it's so important to certainly tell your daughters about safer sex and sexually transmitted diseases and the risks of pregnancy. But don't forget to teach her about the joy and the gift that sex is as well. Because so many women grow up just seeing sex as a means to an end, a way to get the guy or a way to you know, get his attention. And they don't really experience sex or ever learn to see sex for its own sake, for pleasure, for joy, for passion. And unless she has that, her sexual life isn't going to carry through the stressors and the monotony of a long-term relationship. She has to learn to love her body and to love the gift that her sexuality is. And then she's more likely to be more selective with who she gives it to as well. Yeah. And the more open you are, I'm sure, with your daughters and sons, mm -hmm. the less of a big deal it gets to be. That's right. And you want to give the cues from a very early age that you're open to discussing it, that you're open to their questions, that you're not going to judge them, because you want them to come to you when they have these questions or when they, when they have these challenges growing up. And Veronica, I heard you had a question in New York. Uh, I would like to know how you tell a man when he's doing something wrong without being like, you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how do you do it in a nice yeah. way so he doesn't get his ego, you know, like squashed and other things? And Besides also squashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And other things, yeah. Right. You know, you don't want to fake it if you're not enjoying it. Why is faking so bad? Okay, so... I call it the mercy fake, because he's trying so hard, and it's not going to end until you get there. And so you know, you just do it so that the sexual encounter will end. Oh, but, Lord. I know. But it's true, That's right? Funny. I mean, they're nodding. It's, but the, it, mercy <laughs> the mercy fake. The mercy fake. But the problem is that it sets up a lie in your relationship. And eventually, you come to resent it. He rolls over all pleased with himself, and you're sitting there steaming. When you do want to start working on it, how do you tell him? I mean, I have couples who come in where we have to focus in therapy for ages on just recovering from the fact that she's been lying about reaching orgasm all these years before we can ever get to why she couldn't reach orgasm. So it's a, it's a big issue, and it's something that is unnecessary. I mean, I think men need to understand that women don't reach orgasm necessarily every time that their orgasms vary in intensity. And while men find it very easy to reach orgasm, and that's the end of the sexual encounter for them, women are a little bit different. 
But that being said, to answer your question, when he's not quite hitting the right buttons, I would say that you... Yeah, when he's on K and you want him on G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it's like I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Not, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. He's on the Cyrillic alphabet. Right. <laughs> Men tend to be very sensitive, as women are in the moment. They're very vulnerable. So I recommend talking about it outside the sexual encounter and to frame it in the positive. You know, you know I, when you were doing this to me, I absolutely loved it. And I, I just go crazy when you touch me here and when you do this. And then the next time you're in the bedroom, you show them, remember, I was telling you how much I like, you know, here's how I like to be touched. And so you sort of guide him a little bit, but you frame it in the positive, never in the negative. Got that. That's really good. I think the main thing to keep in mind is that sex is a key, key part of a loving, lasting relationship. And that when you're having troubles in the bedroom, you don't want to sweep it under the rug. You don't want to ignore it because it really can take on a life of its own. The sexual problems create relationship problems, and the relationship problems create sexual problems. It's Was that happening with you guys? Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Because it, it goes over into other things. Absolutely. And yeah. before you know it, you're resentful about everything. Yeah. And when sex isn't working, what you'll find is that the non-sexual physical affection goes away. The threshold for anger gets lower. They fight more. The connection, the romance, the intimacy. You become more like roommates or co-parents if you're how, lucky. How do you define intimacy? Because I hear a lot of people, you know, you've used the word a yeah. lot in this show. And a lot of people are confused about what Right, because a lot of people think intimacy means sex, which it can be. There's sexual intimacy, which is sort of how we, a polite word for sex. You know, people call it intimacy. And when I'm talking about emotional intimacy, I'm talking about that feeling of connection, closeness, trust, trust. romance that we're all so longing for. And women in particular, I mean, that's what makes us tick in a relationship. That's what we're wanting is that emotional intimacy with our partners. And the sexual piece is a part of that whole package. And so when sex is working, it's part of the whole package. When it's not, then the emotional intimacy really starts to break down. And, and in that moment when you were able to reach out to him and, you know, on the trapeze and surrender in that moment, that was a very intimate moment. Yes, yeah. it definitely was. And, you know, I kind of feel that it made me realize that there is no perfect per person out there, but we are a perfect balance for each other. Wonderful. Four years, 15 years. And what, what this says, everybody, it's a, it, you have to constantly work at it. Yes. And the most important thing I think you said earlier in the show is that if you're thinking that it's just going to naturally happen, you are mistaken. Yes. And we are mistaken because we watch too many darn movies. That's right. And we think it's supposed you to be You complete me is real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we think it's supposed to be easy. We think it's supposed to happen all the time and spontaneously. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes connection. And it takes learning what your partner's language of love is. If you try to love your partner in the way you like to be loved, it may not translate for them. So really learn what makes you feel loved, what makes you feel cared for, and love your partner that way. And you'll see the changes that happen in your relationship. OK, New York, what do you think? How'd we do here? Uh, we love it. Love it a lot. Because I think that women need this. In this book, every woman should go out and get this book. Real women, real sex. OK, and San Diego? It's been a great, great show. Same thing. Yes. Really happy we got this information. Wonderful and information. A lot of people need it. Yeah, and kudos. Long to, overdue. Kudos to the couples. I mean, yeah, no absolutely. way. No way can I do that. that. <laughs> that was <amazing. laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah. We all great. appreciate it. So we didn't ask you this question. We we're going to just ask you, has, has 
pleasuring her gotten easier? If you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. It has. It has. Uh, we opened up a new door to communication. I realize how important it is to her and that it can't be substituted. And take it from that approach and see the benefit in the long run of helping her self-esteem, helping our relationship, helping everything with, uh, and, and getting over the hump, just like exercising for the day, pushing through and doing what you need to do. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it just takes a little more willpower, but uh, still getting. Well, I, I tell you what this is going to do. I tell you, a lot of women are going to think differently about having their husbands. I mean, I think if a lot Let of women have. Stand by your shoulder. Stand by the shoulder. Stay up stand top. There and, yeah, stay up top. Stay up top, because it does. It messes a lot of guys up. Yeah. I've heard that. Thank you all so much for being a part of this show. Thank you again. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy.